Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Consigliere Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Chapin. For this week's episode, I'll recommend players I would be investing in with an eye towards the fantasy playoffs, and then I'll hit on some advice for Week 11. Rather than go through our rest-of-season rankings, which will be updated tomorrow, as they are every Wednesday, these are more targets for Week 15 and beyond for those hoping to maximize their roster for the fantasy playoffs. First, the main one who is kind of the reason I'm doing this episode is Kyle Pitts as a premium buy low target at tight end. This season has been a major disappointment. He has 25 receptions for 313 yards and two touchdowns. But it just feels like to me when everyone that drafted Pitts is either out of the playoffs or maybe have him out of lineups, he'll end up going off in the final few games of the season. One concern is he takes on the Saints in week 15, which is maybe the toughest matchup for opposing tight ends. But week 16 is a good matchup versus the Ravens. And then week 17 for the fantasy championship, he gets a home run matchup versus the Cardinals. So I'm sure many people that have drafted Pitts are extremely disappointed with the results this season. So I'd at least check in on him if you don't have an elite tight end as someone that can bring elite production to help you win a fantasy championship. At quarterback, the two guys I'll mention are Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo. For Brady, it's about the Tampa Bay offense getting back on track. They're not putting up monster numbers, but they've won two games in a row. And Brady is on pace for almost 4,800 yards this season, despite the struggles. So with Julio Jones looking healthy and being a difference maker as the team's number three wideout, and hopefully Chris Godwin looking more like himself down the stretch, I like Brady to be a guy that can hopefully at least be a mid-range QB1 when the Bucks return from their Week 11 bye. And for Garoppolo, it's more about the schedule and San Francisco's upgraded supporting cast. Elijah Mitchell brings another element to the running game, and that will only open up things in the passing attack, as Garoppolo has been a solid starter without even having Debo Samuel or George Kittle really playing up to their potential in terms of production. So with the Niners taking on the Seahawks, Commanders, Raiders, and Cardinals over the final four games, I think Jimmy G can definitely be a QB1 option, and he seems to be an overlooked option for the fantasy playoffs. Now moving on to the running backs, hopefully you didn't sell Jonathan Taylor. There were some ridiculous trades that I saw made following the firing of Frank Reich and the hiring of Jeff Saturday as interim head coach, but it was obvious the Colts would be way more committed to the running game, and that's what happened on Sunday in their win over the Raiders. In the first quarter, they got it to the one-yard line, and it ended up being a quarterback sneak for Matt Ryan to get Indy on the board. But on the sideline, Jeff Saturday seemed to be telling his coaches, run the ball, run the ball, while gesturing a downhill motion with his hand. So that's a great sign for Taylor. And he also got a couple of swing passes that we at Wolf Sports have always said he should get more of when Frank Reich was coordinating the offense. So I'd say the buy low window is slammed shut. But for those who play the fantasy playoffs through week 18, the final three games for Taylor will be against three of the NFL's worst run defenses with the Chargers in week 16, the Giants in week 17, and the Texans in the season finale. And as I said last week, the Colts definitely aren't tanking under Jeff Saturday. The other running backs I'll mention are all rookies. These happen to be in order of our waiver wire rankings for week 11. I'm guessing all of these guys should be rostered in your league if you're a hardcore fantasy player listening to this podcast, but in order, and this can change depending on your team needs in terms of what kind of running back you'd want. 
but we have Brian Robinson Jr., Rashad White, Isaiah Pacheco, and Kyron Williams as top priorities to pick up if they're somehow still available. For Robinson, he saw 26 carries on Monday night in the win over the Eagles, and since taking over as a starter in Week 6, he's seen touch totals of 17, 22, 8, 15, and last night's 26. So he gets a great matchup versus the Texans this week, and then the Falcons in Week 12. So hopefully, as stated on Monday night during the broadcast, he's able to round more into form with two good matchups, and then can be an RB2 option for the fantasy playoffs. For White, he had 22 carries for 105 yards in the win in Germany last week, and it looks like there will be a split between him and Leonard Fournette for the rest of the season, with the rookie potentially getting the upper hand. He wasn't targeted against Seattle, but White saw 3.5 targets per game in the previous six weeks, and he clearly has pass-catching upside in a Tom Brady-led offense. So even though Fournette is said to be fine with his hip injury, White being the lead back down the stretch is a real possibility, and the offensive line for Tampa Bay has seen the jail with the current group up front. For Pacheco, he's someone that's been worth holding on to based on the talent. I think he had five carries two weeks ago, but he emerged as a clear lead back last week with 16 carries for 82 yards against the Jags. And Clyde edwards Hilaire not recording a touch shows that Pacheco has firmly established himself as a lead back, and he'll bring major upside this week against the Chargers and gets a couple of really good matchups in the fantasy playoffs, including versus the Texans in week 15. And then Kyron Williams, who didn't really see much action. I think he played on the second snap of the game and then didn't even get a touch until the final drive with Los Angeles down by three scores. But he ended up catching three passes for 30 yards and recorded a nine-year carry on his first career rushing attempt. I know people will say it was in garbage time with the Cardinals playing soft coverage, but you can see there's a spark when Williams gets the ball in his hands. And there are a lot of fantasy analysts that I've seen say he's small and slow and will never become a fantasy-relevant option. But that's talk from people that probably didn't watch him for a single second at Notre Dame, where Williams was an all-around back that can catch the ball out of the backfield and stone guys in pass protection. So even though Daryl Henderson had another nice game, I think Williams will emerge as a lead guy down the stretch, and the Rams falling out of contention, which they might at 3-6, and six, could even play to the rookie's advantage as they see what they have in him for 2023. And two more guys I'll mention, one a rookie, one not, as stashes for those looking ahead to the fantasy playoffs are Isaiah Spiller and Trey Sermon. For Spiller, the statistics have been nothing to write home about, 12 carries for 27 scoreless yards to begin his career in three games. But every time I've watched him in pass protection, he's been pretty much perfect to protect Justin Herbert, and that's something that can keep him on the field. So Austin Eckler, when healthy, will be the feature back and leaves limited production opportunities for a split in the LA backfield behind him. But if Eckler were to go down, I think Spiller would bring major upside as a top-tier handcuff. So if you have an open roster spot with an eye towards the future, I'd recommend stashing Spiller as someone that could pay dividends if Eckler were to go down. And for Sermon, basically a similar position. He's only seen two carries for 19 yards this season and Miles Sanders continues to operate as the lead back, despite not starting on Monday night. But if Sanders were to go down, I'd think Sermon will get a shot to lead the backfield in a role similar to what Jordan Howard played in previous years as a bruiser with the weather turning colder. And longtime listeners 
or people that follow our advice on wolfsports.com likely know that I'm high on Sermon's ability, and he can thrive if given an expanded opportunity. At wide receiver, the guy that might be available in many leagues still is Odell Beckham Jr. There's talk that he's seeking a contract that would pay him close to $20 million a year. So if that's the case, whichever team signs Beckham will obviously give him a major role. It sounds like the Cowboys are the favorite, which would give Beckham plenty of single coverage based on how Dallas can run the ball and based on how CeeDee Lamb has played. So again, not someone that will help you over the next couple of weeks with Odell reportedly not signing until after Thanksgiving, but maybe he signs ahead of week 13, knocks Rust off for a couple of games, and then puts up numbers in the fantasy playoffs. Now for the options at wide receiver that I assume are already rostered. The top recommendation to invest in would be Allen Robinson with Cooper Cup, likely facing a multi-game absence with a high ankle sprain, if not longer. So I would think Robinson will get a shot to be the number one wideout. And he's, since a quiet opener, seen between five to seven targets in every game. So if he becomes the focal point of Sean McVay's offense, and that number jumps to maybe eight to ten targets per game, Robinson can finally reach the wide receiver two expectations and would bring plenty of upside in scoring territory. As I said, I'll get to some guys for week 11 starts later on in the episode, but I'll say Robinson is one of them this week against the Saints. New Orleans has not been great in coverage in 2022, and Robinson has put up big numbers against them in three career matchups with lines of 6-151-1, 10-87-1, 6-87-1, with the final two of those coming in 2019 and 2020. So with Tyler Higby having a tough matchup, Cup again out, and hopefully Matthew Stafford back in the lineup, we have Robinson way ahead of the consensus as a high-end wide receiver two for week 11, and hopefully a breakout game would lead to big-time production for the rest of the season. Someone last week that we were way higher on than anyone else was Kadarius Toney, and he was essentially thrusted into a bigger role with the injuries to Kansas City's offense, but he flashes talent in a variety of ways with the toe-tapping touchdown, the first of his career, a couple of carries for 33 yards, and leaping over a defender for a downfield catch from Patrick Mahomes. So the Chiefs will hope to have Miko Hardman back this week, and hopefully Juju Smith-Schuster doesn't miss any time after leaving with a concussion week 10. But even assuming everyone is healthy, we have Tony as a top 24 option this week, and he should at least be a wide receiver three for the rest of the season based on his talent in a high-powered offense. So if still available, Tony should be a priority add for not just this week, but also those looking ahead to the fantasy playoffs. The other big buy-low option, remember you can find our full rest-of-season rankings every Wednesday on wolfsports.com. So just one final option at wide receiver to finish off that position. Now is the time to buy Mike Williams before his hopeful return on Sunday night. There is concern Williams will not be as effective at less than 100% with a tricky high ankle sprain, but he's typically dominated the Chiefs, including earlier this season with eight receptions for 113 yards and a touchdown. And hopefully his game not being predicated too much on explosiveness and getting in and out of cuts will allow Williams to put up numbers, even if he isn't quite himself. Last year, he was in a similar position, playing most of the season at less than 100% which I think led to him being more of a boomer bust option. But based on the talent level compared to how many view him, I'd say Williams is an investment I'd like to make with the hopes that he has at least a couple of big games down the stretch. 
And also worth noting that Justin Herbert looked much healthier last week, so he should be more effective finding Williams whenever the big-bodied wideout is back in the lineup. At tight end, I already mentioned Kyle Pitts, and the other two I would want to target are David Njoku and Taysom Hill. For Njoku, he was a solid tight end one before his high ankle sprain knocked him out, but he'll hopefully be healthy whenever he returns. And Deshaun Watson taking over for Jacoby Brissett at quarterback will lead to a more explosive Cleveland offense. So Njoku can be a top tight end down stretch, including over the final three or four weeks. For Hill, as I often mention, it's as much about his contributions as a tight end as it is his potential cheat code upside if the Saints decide to use him at quarterback. So if he's available in your league, Hill should be picked up immediately as a unique player with rare upside. And even if it's as a pure tight end for those in two-week playoff matchups, Hill is always worth a gamble with the hopes of a monster performance like we saw earlier this season when he had three touchdowns. So if you can't swing for pits, I also like Njoku and Hill as backup options. Now quickly for the week 11 advice in particular, Justin Herbert, I'd assume, will be ranked closer to a top five option. Many currently have him as a low-end QB1, but if he gets Mike Williams and Keaton Allen back, he will carry overall QB1 upside in a matchup versus the Chiefs. The other quarterback start for this week would be Jimmy Garoppolo. For the same reasons I mentioned earlier, I'd say Jimmy G is a strong start with an excellent supporting cast and a good matchup, and he's perhaps played better against the Cardinals than any other opponent throughout his career with over 300 yards per game and 13 touchdowns with three interceptions in five matchups. So we have Garoppolo as a top 10 option, and I'd rather start him over Kyler Murray in the same matchup on Monday night. At running back, I already mentioned Isaiah Pacheco, great matchup versus the Chargers, and Brian Robinson Jr., great matchup versus the Texans. But a couple spots above them in our rankings is Devin Singletary versus the Browns. Cleveland was awful against the run last week against the Dolphins. So with another snowy game in the forecast for Buffalo, Singletary, who scored twice last week, should at least be a solid RB2. The wide receiver, again, someone I already mentioned, would be Mike Williams, who we have as the wide receiver 11, and Allen Robinson a couple spots after him at wide receiver 13. And I'll just list a few guys I'm higher on for this week. Brandon Ayuk in the top 15 facing the Cardinals. Darnell Mooney in the top 24 facing Atlanta. Christian Watson as the wide receiver 31 facing the Titans. And then two upside flex options. Michael Gallup taking on the Vikings and Jahan Dotson taking on the Texans as two guys with big play and touchdown upside. At tight end, you might as well roll with Cole Komet while he's hot with five touchdowns over the past three games. And I also like Greg Dulcich versus the Raiders, Gerald Everett versus the Chiefs, and Dawson Knox versus the Browns. So that will conclude this episode. As always, you can find our full rankings and analysis on wolfsports.com. And if you're a Fantasy Consigliere member, we'd be happy to answer any questions you might have. Until next time, I'm Dylan Chapin, and this was the Fantasy Consigliere Podcast. <laughs>